It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi there. This is New Abnormal producer Jesse Cannon, and we have a nice little surprise for you here on Election Day. Rick Molly and I just did a Zoom chat with Beast Inside members who were able to ask us questions on Zoom. So we were able to hear from our audience and discuss some of the things you're thinking about on this election day. And we had a whole lot of fun doing this. And we talked about the election, what their predictions are, will the podcast keep moving forward, and all sorts of other fun things. So give a listen to this. It starts about two questions into the live stream since the live stream people got a little extra. And after that, you get to hear some fun answers from Rick and Molly. And we hope you have a great election day. And if you haven't already voted, get out there, grab someone, and get someone out there to vote. Thanks so much for your support listening to us. We hope you really enjoy this. So the next question that's getting a lot of upvotes is, why didn't Bush come out against Trump? Can Republicans not see that Trump is the end of the Republican Party? Yeah, I want to know that too, Rick Wilson. And why not Jeb? Please clap. (laughs) Well, Jeb's not going to run. Jeb's not going to do it because his son is, you know, active in politics. I've made this point to to, to to that group that whatever you do, whether you endorse him or you don't endorse him, you're going to take you're, you're going to have to eat a shit sandwich one way or the other. If you endorse Donald Trump, you shit on the Bush brand forever. That idea of public service, of noblesse oblige, of courtesy, of dignity, of the things that George H. W. Bush um, tried to pass along, and and that legitimately shaped a lot of the people who are working you know with me today. You know, we come out of that George H. W. Bush era. And, and that was something that meant that, that meant a lot in terms of how you behave toward people as a person with political power. Um, so if they if they endorse Trump, they are they they, they besmirch that legacy forever. If they don't endorse Trump, they have the Trumpers screaming out, "You're a rhino, cuck, shill, and I hate you." Well, guess what? They're going to do that anyway. Yeah. And I wish that Jeb and I wish that that. W had taken a different path. Now, W has a different set of reasonings behind it, part of which is, like his father, he believed that once you were out of politics, you were out of politics, and you were into the public service phase of your post-presidential career. I disagree with that assessment. I think that Trump was an existential threat. I did not prevail in that argument. Um, But you will note there is a presence that is off the campaign trail that that, George W. Bush never went out there and said, He's a Republican, therefore I must support him. And I, I, I would, uh, I would lay informed odds that there will that 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 a certain household in Texas will not be uh, casting any ballots for John for for Donald John Trump this year. <laughs> I still wish they had come out and said something. Well, I wish they had too. And the problem that we face here is that that the idea of Preserving the political viability of the next generation, uh, I think, was what drove Jeb. I haven't talked to Jeb directly about it, but it, that you know, I've heard from other people that said that. 
Um, and, and I will say this, it is, it is something I think they will regret in the end, but you know, that's, that's not a, a place that I think would have changed a ton of votes because I think if you're a Republican already, um, you're looking at uh, in that in that demo. You've already decided to, to vote against the guy. Okay, so uh, I'm going to next say a sentiment that's being expressed, which is getting a lot of upvotes, which is from Rebecca Dent, which says, "Thanks to both of you, the pod has helped keep me sane." And we see that a lot in the Twitter things. I think that's very it's much. For, it's true for us too. I mean, it's kept no. us sane. It really, it really is, and we've we've had a we've had a lot of great conversations. Uh, in the last year that have, have really meant a lot from people on every part of the political spectrum and in every, in every uh, you know, attitudinal position on this president. And it has been something that, that, that you know, we enjoy sharing it. We enjoy having a little bit of fun with it. And, and there, is a, there is an element of human psychology, especially in a time when you've got a guy like Donald Trump who just eats up everything around him, who just consumes the world around him. There's an element where, you know, being a couple of smart asses helps us and we, and, and we're glad that it helps other people as well, because, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing an authoritarian hates more than mockery. Okay. Nothing. They, authoritarians cannot abide being made fun of. We are pretty good at making fun of Donald Trump and his minions and his allies and his, and his, and his little, little, you know, his, his little horde of sycophants. And I was talking to Steve Schmidt this morning. We were out at, having a conversation. And it was like, what kind of presidency ends up having people like Seb Gorka and, <laughs> and Mike Cernovich and Jack Posobiec and Dan Bongino? These people, what kind of, what kind of presidency ends up attracting those people as its stars. And you know what it is? Shit tier. And we try to like call the shit tier people out as often as we can, have a little bit of fun with it. And if that, if, if that is helpful, God bless and we're happy to do so. <laughs> I think that's right. I also think like, you know, it's so absurd that it's impossible not to call it out because of how right. it is. Right, and it's so crazy that that when you watch this guy in action uh, and you're people like us who do basically observational politics and writing, um, it's, it, you can't not take the swing. You have to punch this guy. It's just that simple. I have a question. Can I ask a question? Sure. Am I allowed to ask a question? Who is the first, if Trump gets defeated tonight, which we all pray and hope, um, who is the first of those sycophants to abandon Trump? Mm, that's oh. a good question. Well, listen, there, there's going to be a, here's how it'll work. Okay. Here's how it'll work. Lindsey Graham, <laughs> if he wins re-election, will go into Congress and he'll make a speech on his first day back and he'll say, we tried with Donald Trump and we loved him so much, but now's <laughs> the time for bipartisan unity. And he will be the first one to come out and, and do that. And it is just, it's all horseshit, um, but they will one by one fall um, into two categories. You will have the true believers who want to run for president as Trumpists because they realize the Republican base is still going to be pretty Trumpy. So you, the guys that hold the line, Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton, 
One you will see break off very quickly is the suddenly enlightened Marco Rubio will say, I tried very hard to make the president's administration successful, but now it's time for us to look to the future and to come together and sing Kumbaya as one people once again, to re-embrace basically all the things Marco used to say he believed in, okay? But he never did. It was all expedient. It was all bullshit. And just as his fear of Trump led him to be, you know, the Bible quoting sycophant that he has become today. So you will, you will also see Susan Collins, if she survives, Lisa Murkowski, if she survives, a bunch of the other, you know, Rob Portman types um, call for a moment where, the, where we, we look hard at what we've done, except for not taking any responsibility for what they've done. Not one of them will say, I promise you this, not one will say, God damn it, I should have fucking impeached him. Yeah. Not one will say that. Because they're still afraid of Trump. He will still have a Twitter feed. Um, the large adult sons will still have a Twitter feed. Um, Trump TV will be emerging here very shortly as a major force in American politics. You think Trump TV is OANN? Do you think they buy OANN or how does I that think they buy or they or they or they um, or they capitalize just enough off of whatever gr- they grifted on the campaign to form their own. Hey, look, it doesn't take it as much resources as people think to form a streaming network. Trust me, I've done it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, we did it, we did it in a, in a way with Lincoln Project. We formed a streaming thing because we did a lot of research on where voters were at, where they were getting their information. And they told us podcasts, hey, we have a podcast, a podcast and streaming video no, from Trust. Are another podcast during our podcast? <laughs> I'm cheating on you with another podcast, Molly. <laughs> but I'm only an infrequent guest. I'm not a host. Um, yeah. But what we've done, you know, what we've seen is it's pretty easy to do that. And as you may have noticed, the standards of Trump folks for, say, production values um, and graphic design are not high. So, you know, you could put Donald Trump up against a, a green screen in Trump Tower and his people would declare it the greatest television since since Mad Men or something. I don't know, um, but yeah, I do think there will be there will be Trump TV out there threatening and intimidating these people, and Trump's Twitter feed will still be there. And and look, I, I try to tell Republicans this for a long time: a Trump voter only hates Republicans about one scintilla less than he hates Democrats. They're right. about Trump. They're about Trump and Trump and also Trump. And in addition to that, they're about Trump. So none of that is a should, should surprise anybody that, that some people will flip back, try to get back in the middle. And the ones that are going to run for president, and you can tell which ones are going to run for president because they will stay with Trump. So go ahead, Molly. No, go on. Let's go to regular questions and not just to email. So, so there's a popular question in the chat from Queen of Yee about this, but um, someone phrased it in a fun way named Jerry Beard that I want to read from, which okay, is up. Can you discuss plans for the Trump presidential library? Should it be housed within the Bureau of Prisons? Leavenworth? Let me get to the, the – somebody else had though a better way of asking this, which is as well uh, – SDNY, do you guys have any predictions for if he loses, what SDNY does? Do we have any information on that? Um, my feeling on the matter is that Donald Trump's uh, legal future is 
um, enormously problematic and costly and also expensive, and it will reduce whatever remaining money he has and also will bankrupt him because I think he's in a river of shit so deep you can barely see his nose. Um, and I can't predict which... What's that? Is that a legal opinion? Well, I'm not a lawyer, but I play one on TV. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I will say this. There is a, a degree to which um, Donald Trump uh, faces, you know, tax fraud case, bank fraud cases, um, a lot of the things that will emerge from the truth and reconciliation era of the post-Trump world will also be, I think, legally damaging and dangerous for him because um, we're, we're going we're gonna to see um, no Bill Barr to protect you anymore, Donnie. Bill um, Barr has been really, um, has been sort of missing for the last week and a half. I, I think Bill Barr has made a very careful political calculation that he's saving his powder and when Trump needs him the most, he's going to do the big, the, he'll do the big lift. Um, but between now and then, he has been sort of on the down low. And, you know, I don't I'm know not, what you guys are. Bill Barr, I'm not saying that when Bill Barr disappears for weeks or days at a time, that you could map his travels in a string of serial killings around the country. I'm not saying that. I don't believe that necessarily <laughs> be true, but some people theorize that. I'm just, I'm just reflecting what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know what you guys are talking about. He's taking selfies with those QAnon people outside his house. That's a busy, busy job. No one, <laughs> no one ever explained to me why the white horse was there. <laughs> we did not get to the bottom of that. We did not solve the white horse mystery. But there are many things that we will, there are many things we will have to face in the future um, that, that, that will require either the numerological approach of QAnon or some more scientific uh, 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 angle. <laughs> so so i'm gonna dig a little into these questions because some of these we have answered on the podcast before i then there's so many good ones in here that are not things we've discussed uh rick i'm gonna hit you with a, a with a interesting one Will the lincoln project support election reform yes in what way T tell us some more well we believe we need a new um we we actually believe we need a new voting rights act in this country uh, we also believe we need a foreign election interference uh, legislation that has real teeth, that not only punishes um, that not only punishes the people that engage in it, but the people that accept that help knowingly. We believe that bill should also include uh, strictures and sanctions and legal consequences for the the social media platforms who knowingly amplify and allow those those foreign propaganda efforts and foreign information warfare efforts to uh, to, to to influence American elections. Um, we believe we need to do a basic national um, ballot security and election upgrade. So we provide grants to the states that let them uh, deploy uh, the, the, the most secure version of elections, which is pencil or, pa or pen and paper ballots that are hand counted. Um, you know, the, a lot of the risk factors we've taken on in this country in terms of our, in terms of our big picture um, uh, uh, problems with, with, with worrying about foreign interference in our elections are the fact that these voting machines are about as secure as, uh, you know, as a zipper. They are not, uh, they are not immune to foreign interference. So we need to, to do a lot of the things, you know, this is not a policy organization. Okay. We're not here to argue about how many 
carbon parts per billion in the atmosphere or what the marginal tax rate ought to be or a whole bunch of other policy things that people think are the most important. We are an American pro-democracy organization and we believe in strengthening the, 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 the fundamental underpinnings of our electoral system and giving people you know, a, a sense of confidence in that. We also do believe that, I mean, there's, if you want to edge into policy a little bit, um, Americans are woefully uninformed about civics and about our government and about our election system. And bad actors like Donald Trump exploit that very frequently. And Tucker Carlson. Well, and Tucker Carlson. <laughs> uh, I should say that one was from Kelly Thompson. Uh, so I now I'm going to hit you guys with, I, I mean, I don't want to answer this because this is horrible, from uh, Stephen Geringer. Fuck, Mary kill, Trump, Rudy, or Jared? <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> okay, 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 you go. Wait, Trump, Rudy, or Jared? Yeah, fuck, Mary kill, Trump, Rudy, or Jared. This is, this is, this is truly, truly cruel. No, no, this is the impossible question. <laughs> Honorable, honorable suicide is the answer. <laughs> right, seppuku. <laughs> right. That's it, yeah. I cannot, I no longer, yeah. Oh, Jared. I think you married Jared because at least he has good relations with, you know, foreign countries to flee to. I don't know. That means you're having sex with either Rudy or Donald. Now, on the one hand, with Donald, it wouldn't last long. Right. Well, I think <laughs> maybe about Rudy, too. On the other hand, with Rudy, you'll know he's ready because he'll be on the bed with his hand on his pants. He was talking <laughs> red. He was talking <laughs> red. Uh, okay. On that note, since I don't have the censor button, much to the audience's delight. Uh, <laughs> So, and I apologize since I'm probably butchering lots of these names, but this one's probably going to be worse. Uh, Sumathi Sabaya is asking, does phone banking work to get people out to vote or does it just annoy people? Yes, it works. So, so explain to us that Why? are annoyed by it. So, for example, you know, at the ripe hour of 830 today, I got my call to vote in New Jersey where I haven't lived in two decades or something. Still happens. Mm-hmm. So not every state's voter file is as up to date as it should be. But listen, um, especially in the COVID era, uh, and I don't want to go too deep into like election nerd stuff, but we know that a personal contact of any kind, a dock on the door, a phone call from a live human being, a, a note, a personal letter or a personal note or a postcard, we've studied it. It works. It's crazy. Um, it's also you know, very hit or miss. It's also um, when, when, the, when the target gets the message, it works. But there's many a slip twixt the cup and the lip, as, as, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we're in a, we're in a situation where, um, where in the COVID era, having somebody call you on the phone it's really a pretty good way of, of getting a message across and, and motivating someone to come out to vote. And we also have a rule in politics, okay? This is my advertising rule. <laughs> when you say to me, Rick, I saw your TV ad for your candidate. I say, cool. When you say, Rick, I see your TV ad all the time for your candidate. I'm like, cool. When they say, Rick, your TV ad's on too much for the candidate. I, I say, cool. 
When they say, dear God, shut that fucking ad off and get it off my TV. I'm striving me insane. That's when it works. Okay. Mm. Saturation, saturation, saturation. You have to hit the target over and over and over and over again. So. Um, what do you guys think is going to happen tonight? Well, I think um, a blood moon will rise. The dead, the dead will come from the earth. Good. A serious <laughs> answer um, I had been looking for. I know, right? I, I, I've, I've been missing the walking dead not being on personally. It's, it's Halloween season. You know, it's been on for 10 years. Yeah, no, I, I've watched every episode. I'm the one person who still watches. <laughs> so what happens tonight? Rick Wilson, go. Um, what happens tonight is that uh, Joe Biden wins more narrowly than we want. Um, but he still, I think he still pulls it out tonight. Uh, and then we enter into 60 days of Trump uh, playing fuck around and trying to declare himself the winner. And it's going to be, uh, I would like to tell you, well, I'd like to tell myself that um, after today I'm going to sleep and, 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 and unwind for a little while and, and un, uh, unspool from this five-year journey for a little bit. But I'm not because we're going to have to be in, we're also going to have a bunch of other Senate races. We will have at least at the minimum one runoff in Georgia, maybe two. We may have a runoff in Mississippi. We may have a runoff in Louisiana. And so I've told all of my, I've told my editing teams, uh, yeah, go take a day, take a day. Um, but by Thursday, we need ads up in Georgia. So we're, you know, the fight is going to roll on here. And, and, and again, I hope that, that Joe Biden wins a substantial victory tonight in the Electoral College that is undisputed, okay? I fear that Florida, being fucking Florida, my home state, <laughs> um, will do what it does, and it will be either too close to call a recount or a narrow Trump win. It's just a hard place for, it's a hard place for Democrats to win, as I've written about extensively. It's a hard place for, for uh, you know, any progressive who thinks they're going to play statewide to play anything, um, you know, you, you, north of the I-4 corridor in Florida is about 40% of the population. It is also about as conservative as the Northwest frontier province of Pakistan. It is, it's a tough state. And while the, the senior number has been dropping off dramatically in Florida, we don't know what election day turnout is going to look like. Right. It's modeled to be very Trumpish. Right. Um, but we don't know if that if this the fact that this the drop off with seniors and our ability we we managed to get the Puerto Rican number up we think pretty effectively to offset the Cubans. Um, we're going to see how this rolls out, but you're going to know by eight o'clock tonight East Coast time how Florida looks. If Florida goes for Joe Biden, folks, it's, it's an over. easy night. It's a it's over. That's the ball game. Biden, we are very confident now is going to win Arizona, Michigan. Wisconsin, Nebraska two, Maine one, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia seems like game over to me if he wins Georgia. Yeah, and, and look, if he wins Georgia, it closes out a whole bunch of the potential pathways for Trump to win. That means Trump has to win Florida and uh, Ohio and Pennsylvania and one of the other big upper tier states or Arizona, which he's not going to win Arizona. He's not going to win Arizona. He's not going to win Michigan. He's not going to win Wisconsin. So, you know, at least by every number out there. And folks, look, I know people are very, very nervous right now. I don't Speak blame for yourself. you. I'm just so relaxed. <laughs> I feel great. Okay. 
Apparently don't think I'm going to throw up right now. No, I should my stomach. None. That's right. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing. <clears throat> the early voter turnout in this country will almost hit 100 million people. Okay. That's amazing. That's a sign of something bigger happening. Okay. Because those people were not Donald Trump's voters. Okay. They just weren't. Now, a lot of them are from big blue states like California, New York, and Washington, and Oregon, and Massachusetts. That's fine, is what it is. But when you see record early voter turnout in Texas at 110% of its normal normal early vote, there is something happening in this country for certain. Um, And there is something happening with the emotional state of the American people that matters. So, uh, look... Joe Biden is better positioned to win this than Barack Obama was in 2008 and in 2012 in terms of the overall numbers. He's a lot better positioned than Hillary Clinton was because Hillary Clinton's campaign went off the air in key states in 2016. They did not, they they had gone off the air about two weeks in advance of the campaign, of the end of the campaign in Wisconsin because they thought they had it in the bag. Simple lesson, guys. In a campaign, die broke, run out the clock, run through the tape, never shut off your TV advertising until the last, uh, shit, leave them on the air the next day just in case because you need to pound the message home all the way all the way down. The other thing that hasn't worked for, for, for Donald Trump and his little flying monkeys is they have tried to produce the dumbest October surprises in the history of dumb October surprises. <laughs> I mean, the, the degree to which Rudy, Rudy Giuliani is Giuliani's not- laptop show has failed to move the voters is insane. How many laptops does Hunter Biden have? That sounds like a commercial of some kind, but <laughs> Dude, I'm sure the they'll still be finding Hunter Biden laptops in, in landfills a hundred years from now and saying, see, <laughs> if we'd only had that one, the race would have been different. <laughs> yes. They have really, the, the, uh, the October surprise, they really, you know, they, last time they really derailed Hillary with the help of James Comey. This time, they really did not move the needle at all. Nope, 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 not a bit, not a single bit. And and I got to tell you, um, there is a degree to which their their failure to move the needle has led to a sense of unease <clears throat> and a sense of of. Um, let me try and how, how I can phrase this without busting out a source of mine. <laughs> Inside Fox, there's a lot of shock that this didn't move their people. Okay? The Hunter Biden laptop story? The Hunter Biden story and all the other, you know, all the other Hunter cocaine stories, all that other BS. It didn't move the needle. It didn't help them. It didn't accomplish what they thought it was going to accomplish. And in some ways, there has been a drop off in the degree to which the Russian bot armies are pushing out the conspiracy stuff. It's still there, but it's just not as effective now. They're not as into him. I feel like Putin doesn't love him anymore. He doesn't love him anymore as much. And, you know, Vladimir Putin is always going to go with the strong horse. Right. And they made an investment. They got a great payoff on the investment for four years. But now some, you know, 
now some people are asking is, was it worth it? Clearly not. But for Putin, it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. But he's not going to throw good money after bad at this point. Look, they're still trying to help him. They're still, Putin's still trying to help Trump. But it is not to the degree it was in 16. And there has been enough sort of immune system um, growth in American political culture to say, well, maybe this article from Eagle Forum 9000 Patriot, you know, Eagle Patriot American Flag Palin Patriots.com isn't real. You know, there may be a little bit more public skepticism about those kind of things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Or... I prefer... Don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell, online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity no matter how big you grow. Step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like Rothy's, Allbirds, Brooklinen, and so much more. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate your products, orders, customers, and more from every major e-commerce platform to Shopify. If you're anything like me, you're one of those don't put me in a box people. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a don't put me in a box person. And thankfully, Shopify never will, because with Shopify, control of your brand and business is always in your hands, from your storefront look to your back office operations. I hate when checking out from an online store and then having to pull out my credit card and type in all those numbers. A Shopify store remembers my shipping address and payment information. So if I'm on the couch and my wallet is on the kitchen counter... I don't even have to get up. Stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash abnormal, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash abnormal. Um, do you, is there a Senate race? Okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop. Actually, yeah, let, let, let me do one thing first. So um, over in the chat, we're going to have a poll about whether you voted or not already. Um, so if you all could 
answer that, uh, we would really appreciate it. Wait, host and panelists can't vote. Oh, host and panelists can't vote. Well, my answer was fuck yes. Yes, yes. My answer was fuck yes two days ago. I'd like to give a big shout out to the Leon County, Florida Supervisor of Elections, Mr. Mark Early, for finding my finding my my lost mail-in ballot and for personally helping me make sure that I got they 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 FedEx one out to me and I FedExed it back and they got it in their system. And big shout out to Mark Early, good dude. Thank you, sir. Might you say? I I did learn, by the way. I'm not the only person they did that for. Um, mm. But that is good service by a supervisor of elections. When somebody calls you and says, hey, uh, you sent a ballot somewhere that didn't get delivered. It's only in the deadline's coming. Can you help me? And they said, yes. I mean, that, that it saved me from having to get on a plane, fly back to Florida and fly back to the uh, secret undisclosed location in a matter of hours. So I was very happy about that. Well, we have results from this poll already, which is 90% fuck yes. We have 1% not yet, but I promise I will which is eight people. And shockingly, we have 8% of I'm not eligible, but I wish I could, but I imagine that's some international audience I'm hoping and not other disenfranchisement. Um, So with that, let's talk about another polling question or voting uh, question. Uh, David Gautib is asking a question for both of you. How long will it be until the election results are certified? 16 days. 16 days, okay. Because the Trump people are going to be playing fuck around okay. and they're going to try to disqualify state certain ballots. They're going to try to not count military ballots that, that arrived, that were postmarked on time, but arrived, you know, later than whatever. Um, and, and the states have to still, um, the states have to still do a lot of counting and a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of paperwork from the counties up. We'll know the winner very quickly, but there will be some uh, some difficulties in the uh, situation. So, so let me uh, ask if I remember, and I may have the date wrong because I'm on bad sleep, but I want to say it was around December 12th that California certified last time. Do we think there's been, is there any evidence that there's been uh, work to make these uh, votes get counted faster this time? Are states allocating funds towards that? Anything you've seen there? Well, in, in most states, no. In a lot of Republican states, they're going to go, they're going to try to slow roll this thing and run the clock out um, and hope for some, you know, deus ex douchebag thing for Trump to win. Deus ex, uh, ex douchebag. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like that. Um, so, so we think, though, 16 days is informed from what, Rick? Um, 16 days is essentially most states take about 10 business days to grind through all the paperwork. So that's, you know, that's counting weekends and whatnot. That's a, that's just a old, old political hack, uh, experiential estimate. So I got one here that's a little buried, but I think it's a good one and not one we've discussed. Uh, Nathaniel Watson's asking if Joe Biden wins, who do you think will be in his cabinet? Oh, that's a good question. Gillibrand. My, my, uh, that's it. Wait, 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 Molly, why? That's because, that, I, and what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm giving you the, the, the of the interior and uh, to get rid of her. I, I, I'm going to tell you one that's going to be in his cabinet Doug Jones. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't think Doug's going to make it. Sadly, you know, the uh, Alabama being what it is, a Trump plus 35 state. Uh, well, and actually this year, it's only going to be about a Trump plus 15 state, which for Alabama means it's as progressive as, say, you know, the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. But um, it's still going to be a tough a, a tough uh, road for Doug. I think he'd be a, a great member of the cabinet in some capacity. Um, and look, I think you're going to see Joe Biden assemble a bunch of smart people. You're not going to have, you know, people who had their cabinet official, their cabinet uh, applications decided on whether or not they, um, uh, whether or not they, they, you know, had the right tweets about Donald Trump during the, the during the year. So. <laughs> No the other part of this is he essentially has to assemble a wartime cabinet right now. And that war is COVID. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that, that are supporting Joe Biden right now, I, I, the most important thing he can do for both for the country, for his legacy and for himself is to spend the first two years working on two things, COVID and the economy. Those things are top of mind with the voters right now. That's what's driving the whole election is that Trump failed on those two things. So I think he needs to focus on those areas and assemble a team of people, which he can easily do, who are going to provide an integrated approach. So we have somebody smart at HHS. We have somebody smart, you know, who's running all the sub-cabinet positions like CDC and, and Medicare and Medicaid and all the things, so that we integrate a science-based approach to trying to, to defeating this disease as quickly as we can. He's not, he, he can't rely on miracles or bullshit as Trump tried to do. Um, and so he's got to assemble a really top flight team. And maybe those people are to the left of the spectrum or the right of the spectrum. But if I was in Joe Biden's position, I'd find the smartest possible people to talk about those two issues, to face those two problems head on. And then you have some time to think about what you want to do on the wish list beyond that. But if Democrats and Biden go into this thing and say, well, we'll just treat COVID as one of a list of things, I think that's a bad, a bad position to be in both for the good of the country and for his future political strength. Um, I'm going to pivot off that and ask a question that's similar to something somebody's asked, but uh, do my own spin on it. So, Rick, one of the things you've talked about that has stuck in my brain, when we, particularly when we interviewed Katie Porter, was radical competency. Um, a lot yeah. of people talk about you know, the dialectic that for a successful presidency, you got to do something that is a reaction to the failures of the last presidency. How do you see that radical competency playing into this? You're kind of hinting at that. COVID. Mm -hmm. Deal with COVID. Address COVID. Restart this country, not just like in the Trumpian, open the economy. Restart (laughs) the country's institutional character. Restart the things, do the things with COVID you have to do so that a grandparent can go to their grandchild's graduation. Do the things you have to do to address COVID so that schools can truly reopen. So that people can go, at, you know, and, and, and sit down in a restaurant, in a, in a busy restaurant some night and not fear that, you know, they're gonna get, they're gonna get killed by doing it. Restart the, restart the society where, where people wanna go volunteer at a food bank or want to go volunteer at an animal shelter or wherever. It's not a life or death proposition. You know, these things that he can do, and again, radical competency is, is in a lot of ways, um, 
something we haven't tried in a long time in this country. The technocratic approach to fixing these problems is one that we're going to have to face right now. Look, I know a lot of progressives would love like the first thing out of the gate with the Senate and and the House is a Green New Deal and a gun control bill. What they need is a COVID relief bill for American families. Did you what see Molly? Need, sm- did you see Molly smile when she said when you said that? <laughs> I heard. I saw that smile. I heard. I saw that smile. And look, if you want to do those things, do them. But first, you got to do COVID. But you got to fix the big problem before you before you do the thing before you indulge yourself. And and people who think right now, oh, we can do all these things, we can walk and chew gum. COVID is the most complex, multivariate problem this country has faced in forever well and as someone who is in the vaccine trial can as i can attest as someone who's in the vaccine trial um you know the the probably our most likely vaccine that's going to get this emergency approval hopefully in the end of november is um the pfizer vaccine which needs two doses and needs to be stored at negative 80 degrees temperature so and non-trivial what? Non, a non-trivial problem. Yeah, and is also, I mean, and is also packaged in doses of 800. I mean, there, there's like a, a calculus problem there that is going to be nightmare fuel. It, it, it really is. And no one, no one should underestimate the goodwill of people working on the problem now. And, and I do truly believe that with Trump gone, there will be a better ability to have the information out toward the public that they need to see and hear about this. It will be, there will be better coordination between government agencies who, who are not looking at this as, oh God, if we say something wrong, Trump will screw us, or they'll send Michael Caputo to run our agency. <laughs> um, uh, but it's still going to be a long, hard road. This is not a trivial problem at all. And Biden uh, look, he can have a, 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 a permanent legacy of greatness if he goes in there and straps this problem down and works the shit out of it. And we get not only the vaccine and the, and the public health measures to mitigate it, but then he also faces and looks at the economy and says, how are we going to restart this? How do we fix this? And as a it'll freak out some of our listeners, as a conservative, I'm ready for Joe Biden to take very hard steps that reduce a lot of other federal spending because Donald Trump has spent like a drunken socialist sailor on a binge for the last couple of years. Um, we're gonna have to focus on where we put resources and Joe Biden needs to move some resources from, from the indulgences of Donald Trump into, the, into restarting the economy. And frankly, you know, grant in aid to families right now, this right. whole fight we've had about $600 additional payment a week for unemployed Americans when there's 45 million people unemployed, get the fuck out of here. Just yeah. do it. Just get it done. That's not, okay. that's we, defer, we defer the F-35 fighter for a couple more years, yeah. you know, the, the buy size of it. We, 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 we claw back some of, and again, as a conservative, I say this folks, the 2017 tax bill was the most anti-conservative piece of tax legislation in history. I know the people who sat in McConnell's office and wrote the bill. I know who did it. I called one of them during this. I've written about this before. I called one of them during the process. I said, hey, is there any middle class tax uplift in this? He goes, what the fuck, what the fuck do I care? I work for hedge funds. That bill was built to service about 95 super high net worth individuals and about 150 hedge funds and, and Wall Street banks. 
So no one should be fooled that there's not some money out there that can be that can be gotten to and clawed back, especially if you say we're going to directly devote this to the mitigation of COVID and the assistance of, to American families right now. But I also think that a lot of the of the military spending we've spent on is not relevant to American life right now, right? Like we are getting attacked on the internet. America's getting attacked. You know, there are things that military spending should be addressing <clears throat> that, you know, building tanks is not solving, you know? Well, and, and look, there's other things that, that we've taken money out of the military to spend on, like the, uh, the, the freedom ditch and the, and the Trump fence. Um, and there are and there have been a lot of crony capitalist giveaways from this administration that there are pools of money out there. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting close to the end of this. So I'm going to ask one last fun one before we get to some. And then I have a question. Great. Okay. Why don't I ask this and then you ask your question? Uh, so Greg Pilsk is asking once he's out of office, what is Trump's next big thing? But I'm going to put a spin on that. Is there anything aside from the Trump TV thing that we've discussed so many times that your brains have wandered to that of like, oh God, what if he does this? Or maybe he's going to do that once he gets out of office. Any bad nightmares dash weird thoughts you've had? Cam girl, Jared. (laughs) This is why why I need the beep. This is why, I was just about to say, this is why we beep him. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> but he has such uh, soft skin. Right. <laughs> I, I think I, I think you're going to see a lot of the Trump enterprises collapse. I think you're going to see a return to the Trump scam uh, economy of Trump steak, Trump vodka, Trump clothing, blah blah blah. Um, Trump infomercials. Yeah, Trump infomercials, and and let's be real here for a second. There's going to be a truly hideous eruption of, of lawsuits and bullshit, um, uh, you know, that, that we've never, that we've never even imagined before um, in terms of, of how deeply the rabbit hole goes with this family. We're going to see the deals that were made overseas. We're going to see the banking stuff. We're going to see Deutsche Bank, all these things that have made them such crappy human beings are going to be things they try to redo. The other thing you should prepare yourself for is Mark Burnett is doing a Trump family reality show. No. It's, it, it's the buzz of Hollywood at the moment. And, and, and that will be um, a Who way. Who stars in that? What's that? <laughs> Who stars in that? Donald, Don Jr., Ivanka. The, the, look, they will do something. My other my other idea that they might do is shadow president, yeah. where they build Trump an Oval Office and they build him a cabinet room, and he he second guesses Joe Biden every day. Uh, it, it is entirely possible. I just hope uh, Tiffany's in it because she really has charisma. <laughs> see, 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 my guess for who stars it is the only commercial is going to be the My Pillow guy, so he's going to be the main star, right? <laughs> there it is, Mike Lindell. Yeah. Yes, Mike Lindell sent out a final fundraising email for Donald Trump yesterday, and it said, your match, your donation will be matched 945% of thinking, really? How's <laughs> that work? Exactly how's that math work? Uh, Bali, what was your question? 
Okay, my question is, what Senate, tell me a Senate race that's going to delight me. Senate race is going to delight you. Mike Espy, Jamie Harrison. Well, I think Jamie Harrison is, has run the best Democratic uh, campaign in the country. It's going to be close. I We've invested a lot there. We're hoping we're going to be able to push it over the line. It's still a Republican state. Um, I think that Maine will delight you. I think that um, I think that Arizona will definitely delight you. She's going to yeah. get spanked so hard. It's going to second be- time in two years. Yeah, <laughs> Does she um, give us the same concession speech. You know, <laughs> I think she should just come out and and say the past is yet to come, and maybe she can get a girlfriend <laughs> for Don Trump Jr. anytime now. What? Um, wait, 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 but there was good polls for Greenfield yesterday. What do you? Think oh yeah, I was I was looking great. We're 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 very confident about Iowa. Uh, I think Gary Peters is going to be fine in Michigan. He's I mean, Trump just time new abnormal guest. John That's James, true. John James was a good Republican candidate. Don't make any mistake. He was not a bad candidate. I don't know how he's as a as a candidate. He did a pretty good job, but Trump just drags him under. Trump drags all these people down. That that's good to see though. And Tillis, it sounds like Tillis is out. Tillis is out. North Carolina is done. Um, I mean, look, guys. Tonight you're probably going to hear not only President-elect Joe Biden. But Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, with the rotting hands. I told him, <laughs> I the rotting hands I told him that practicing necromantic sorcery was dangerous. I told him. And nobody <laughs> um, is Mitch McConnell going to have a terrible rest of the year? Oh yeah. That's now I will warn everybody. By the way, you may expect Mitch McConnell to jam through a jajillion judges in the yeah. coming weeks. Just prepare yourself for that because they're going to try to have a special session where they basically pass a slate of judges and they will probably get away with it. Yeah. So That's it's going to get loud. So, so to, to wind us down, I got two more. Uh, James Tittle asks, who is the overall 2020 campaign? Fuckiest fuck that guy. And I'm going to say, and can you give your choice a fuck that guy? Wait, say it again. We, we, we want a overall 2020 campaign, fuck that guy, for who's the fuckiest of the guy. Can you do it in your form of a fuck that guy? Um, yes. My overall fuck that guy this year, even though he's been quiet the last couple of weeks, is Bill Barr, the interior minister of the Trump uh, administration. Um, and I... I I think he's been a pernicious and dangerous figure in American political life. Um, and it has been, um, he has been somebody who is deservedly going to be reviled in history as someone who reduced the, the, the uh, nonpartisan nature of the Justice Department. Uh, and it's going to, he's going to, he, he will be seen as somebody, you know, beyond every boundary of legitimate institutional behavior. Right. Molly? Uh, mine is uh, Mitch McConnell. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, he, you know, Obama didn't want to push all those judges through because he felt it was the wrong thing to do. And so Mitch McConnell took that as an opportunity to push all the judges through. And then, I mean, Amy Comey Barrett is like, you know, I mean, RBG 
have been dead for two days and all of the Republican senators were like, we're going to support whoever the nominee is <coughs> and we're going to hold, you know, this this uh, turnaround during the time when people are actually voting and you're not allowed to question the fact that she's in this crazy sect of Christianity because that is attacking her faith and how dare you do what you've done to Kavanaugh, poor Brett Kavanaugh, who only had <laughs> sexual assault allegations against him. How dare you question him? I mean, it was just so much conservative outrage at, set up in a way that Democrats couldn't possibly win. And, uh, you know, he did it because he doesn't want to, you know, Mitch McConnell did it because he wants to block Democratic spending. He wants to keep Democrats from being able to fund COVID relief. And that is why he pushed her on the court to change the makeup. And so Mitch McConnell, fuck you. <laughs> okay, one last question here from Mindy Laugh. Will the po- podcast continue if Biden wins? Brick Wilson? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. We have a lot. We're actually, I think if Biden wins, we're going to fight a lot more and it's going to be hilarious because there's going to be this redivision in the Democratic Party, right? Noam Chomsky and Bill Crystal are not <laughs> on the side. And uh, I think it's going to be fascinating. And then there's going to be a reconstruction in the Republican Party, which is going to be amazing. Think, think the discussions we've had, we have a lot of fish to fry. Yeah, Oh, look, and here's the thing, guys. I may have spent 30 years as a Republican political operative, but I truly am a guy who does not like corruption, oppression, uh, crony capitalism. Uh, trust me, I, I'm an equal opportunity motherfucker. I will go after these people, you know, right or wrong. And look, I'm not going to just, I'm going to tell you personally, I will say when Joe Biden's doing the right thing, and I will say when he's doing the wrong thing. The thing with Donald Trump is he never, ever, 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 ever did the right thing. Ever. I mean, there were so many opportunities for this guy to not be a dick, and to not be a corrupt scumbag, and to not be an idiot. Um, it, it It is truly astounding to me where we are in this country. And I think there is an opportunity... You know, does the Republican Party die now? Sure, it ate the poison pill. There will be something in its place. This country is, this country has too many people who are largely center right and not in a malicious way for there to be a one party state. The Democrats have also learned a lesson this year that sometimes the the, the guy that you think is not the progressive dream day um, actually works out pretty well as a candidate. And I think he'll be a good president. I truly believe Joe Biden will be a good president. Um, because I know from his history and I know from his, his record, he's a liberal. Okay. He's liberal on a million different issues. I'm going to disagree with him on a bunch of policy things, but he's a good man. He's good American. He's a good person. He's a good father. So I think we're, we're in for an era where there'll be a lot of hard work to come. There'll be a lot of struggles. We'll have a lot to do, uh, to put this country back together after this era of Trump and, and, you know, and if by some horrifying circumstance tonight, Trump wins, we have a lot to do to build a, the, the army of Wolverines and to, to try to mitigate the damage that motherfucker would do in a four year term after this. So, but I think we're gonna have a good night tonight. So thank you everybody for joining yeah. us today. Thanks. Thanks there. so much. 
we really appreciate this and it really it does um I will say that one of the things we all talk about when we're not taping is seeing all your response to it we, always makes yeah. us happy. We're always reading things and we're always laughing yeah. at what you and, say. And, and folks, when you share us on social media, you know, we all see it. We're all social media natives now. Yeah. And it, it's, it's great to see when people say, you know, I need a laugh today. And, or, or you, you guys taught us something serious, but you made us laugh at the same time. Or that was a weird perspective to see from the left or the right. Uh, where you, where you guys met in the middle on something, so it it really is. We really deeply appreciate everybody who has been such a fantastic supporter of the podcast and of the Beast. Um, it is a it has been a wonderful journey on this, and we're going to keep uh, keep causing trouble and hoping hoping to uh, exercise Jesse's beeping finger <laughs> every show. <laughs> yes, very very well exercised finger. Um, okay, thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. Go out there if you haven't voted, or bring somebody to vote. And we really appreciate the support. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow with another episode. You bet. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. On that note, we'll wrap up this episode of The New Abnormal from The Daily Beast. In future episodes, we'll be talking with smart folks from The Daily Beast and beyond from media, culture, politics, and science who will help us understand what's happening to our country and the world. We hope you'll subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and share the show on social media. We're just getting started and don't want you to miss an episode. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm Molly Jongfast and he's the Rick Wilson. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again on the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.